0: With the Investing News Network, I'm Scott Tibbles. Today I'm reporting from the floor of the International Mining and Resources Conference in Melbourne, or IMARC. And joining me now is Jason Chang of EMR Capital. Thank you for joining me, Jason. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate it. So, for our listeners, can you just tell me a little bit about uh, what your role is at EMR and what EMR does?
1: I'm the CEO and Managing Director of EMR Capital. EMR Capital is a mining uh, private equity firm. Uh, with a deep operational background. Uh, we invest and acquire mining projects, operate them, make operational improvements, uh, and ultimately uh, achieve a return for our investors, uh, who are mainly from the United States.
0: And and so at iMark, you were just part of a panel on uh, financing projects around the world. Can you just tell me a little bit about your thoughts from that panel. What was your main takeaway on that panel?
1: Uh, the main t- message uh, to the audience is that the world of financing for mining has evolved over the last 10 years, over the last five years. Uh, we're seeing the public markets becoming less reliable as a means of financing for you know, uh, mining projects and operations other than you know, the, the, the top five or six large mining houses. Um, but if you're having a mining project today, then the IPO market is, uh, you know, more volatile than it used to be. We are seeing the emergence of uh, private capital globally that's looking for a home in high quality mining operations and mining projects, right? I mean, for EMR, a lot of our capital is from the United States, some from Europe. Um, and certainly a lot of this capital uh, had made good returns from oil and gas over the last few decades uh, they're looking for a new oil and gas and uh, you know we're seeing more and more appetite into you know mining and metals um, that's the first thematic uh... the second thematic is you know the capital is becoming uh, more specialized um, copper uh, there's consensus, universal acceptance that uh, it's something that you know you want to in- be investing in. Uh, but if you're going to uh, some of the more specialty minerals, then you do need to look for you know the, the, the specific capital pools which are targeting those sorts of um, uh, those sorts of metals. So in general, um, the second thematic is it's not one size fits all anymore. Uh, a lot of this capital is going through. Specialist fund managers like EMR, because uh, the capital markets have recognised that they're going to go into something like mining and metals, uh, it is specialised, it is technical, and you know partnering with um, an EMR capital um, or similar types of private equity firms is going to be increasingly prevalent. So from the mining houses, you know, um, you know, really looking for, you know, capital, uh, you know, it needs to be. Uh, you know the capital market is becoming far more sophisticated right so we're going to see more and more partnerships between private equity firms and mining houses you know in addition to the more traditional ipo markets
0: and you're saying that investors are looking perhaps the next oil and gas do you think that, that copper has the potential to replace oil and gas as a, as a major focus for investors around the world
1: oh, absolutely um, I mean, in all the dealings we've had, you know, uh, in terms of talking to the capital markets, there's no question uh, everyone is chasing copper. Um, and, um, it's you know, everyone recognizes that there aren't going to be too many new, you know, discoveries in copper of a material size that's not yet known. Um, a lot of the, the big copper projects are locked up, you know, whether it's government or you know, the the big houses, so there aren't going to be very big new discoveries, um, you know, uh, that that generally investors are feeling that way. So I think you're going to see everyone chasing copper and uh, our sort of thesis is we want to be looking into more traditional markets for copper like Australia, we love Australia, but ultimately long term, um, you know, certainly you need to be going to where the oil border is and so I think you're going to see, you know, an evolution of, uh, you know, where that that capital is going to be going.
0: And and what what does chasing copper look like? Do you think we're going to be seeing a lot more money invested into exploration over the coming years for copper?
1: I think we're going to see an increase in exploration in copper, no doubt. I mean, after all, the world needs more copper. I mean, uh, the big economies, whether it's China or India or Southeast Asia, you know, cannot grow without more copper consumption. Um, you know, we see copper. As a good play into electric vehicles, um, you know there's good correlation there, that hasn't been factored in all the all of the analysis that we've seen in terms of the demand for copper. So there's good upside. Um, so so yeah, uh, no, no question that um, I think you know the mining houses will ultimately have to spend more money on uh, you know exploring for more copper.
0: And and for everyday investors, how would you would you have any tips on how they could look to be getting into copper? Would they be looking at larger companies that have copper locked locked up, or should they be looking into exploration, or should they be looking at uh, throwing in with companies like EMR Capital?
1: Well, like any good investor, I guess. Uh a mixture of all of the above is is probably sensible. Mm-hmm. Uh, i.e., you know you don't want to be putting all your money in a, in one basket. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, the majors have some good copper assets, and that's always one good avenue. Uh, but um, you know it, it, you know there will be some uh, copper specific projects that uh, potentially you know you, you can actually uh, review. Uh, in addition, of course, the private markets again. You know uh, if there's an avenue to go through especially uh, as fund manager in natural resources that's not a way you know to, to looking at it as well
0: okay and so looking at trends over the past year in copper what would you say was the biggest trend for the red metal in 2019
1: uh quite a few um i think the growth of the bigger economies uh like china is you know, probably the game changer in terms of copper consumption. I mean, the demand, global demand for copper, a big a chunk of it is coming from the Asian economies, not just China, but China is a key player. So that, that clearly have changed the game. Um, secondly, increasing regulation around anything in mining, that's changing the game, you know, and, and therefore it's, you know, going to take longer. It's going to cost more to build any mine today relative to 5 years ago 10 years ago so that's the second thematic and the third is just technology you know, ultimately you look at ev or other types of new tech you know copper is usually found in there somewhere so all these themes are pointing towards you know greater appetite for copper and we aren't seeing a lot more new discoveries so so you know there's only one way this will go
0: and, and do, do you have a, a price prediction for copper heading, heading forward into 2020 in the next decade? Of course, we're heading into an entirely new decade in just, a, in just a few months. What would you say going long would be the outlook for the commodity that investors can keep an eye on?
1: Are uh, you talking about price? Um, look, uh, I think the trend on copper, I think, is pretty clear. I mean, it ought to be graduating upwards um, and there's no question about that. Yeah. Uh, as to the time frame, a bit hard to predict. Uh, copper is currently uh, the current pricing on copper doesn 't reflect uh, you know, a lot of things i 've just talked about, but you know we are long term investors, so we see the, 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 the trend there as unquestionably upwards for, for copper this, you know.
0: okay well then, well then just coming down on, on what you 've just said, so what is your theory on why copper does not reflect? a lot of the themes that you've just been talking about is pricing.
1: Yeah, the, the current price today doesn't reflect, you know, um, you know, some, some of the thematics. Uh, it's probably a good time to therefore review acquisition on investment opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay, and just so uh, wrapping up, what would you say would be the, the most exciting thing to be investing in in Australia? So obviously we're, we're at IMARC, we're in Melbourne, we've got a lot of investors looking at the Australian resources industry. What is there to look forward to in this country and what would you say sets it apart from so many of its peers? You said at the start of the interview that at EMR Capital you, you love Australia as a traditional investing base.
1: Australia is absolutely top of the list in terms of, you know, countries where we see appetite from capital markets to invest into. So the markets are telling us, you know, more capital is going to come into Australia and in Australian mines and operations and technology. So Australia is a great country for lots of reasons, you know, it's, it's a very stable jurisdiction, it's got good regulations, it's got good governments, it's got good knowledge on mining, so it takes literally you know all of the boxes um, and and so from that perspective um, you know we, we are spending a lot of time looking for opportunities here in mining uh, obviously we we also looking further afield we like um, Canada US Chile you know some of those jurisdictions we, we like uh, we are looking at we like Indonesia we've invested there and done very well we know Indonesia very well so there are I mean these are the sort of uh, tier one countries Uh, that we're looking at there'll be others but this is currently where we're looking for opportunities
0: fantastic well thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat with me jason thanks scott and uh, once again i'm scott tibbles with the investing news network and i've been speaking with the ceo of emr capital jason chang